Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer and part of the DynamoTheory.com network. My name is Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. And today we have plenty of soccer to talk about. We're just going uh, to summarize a little bit of what CONCACAF Nations League was. Such a great two matches, especially on Sunday. And we also want to talk about the FIFA World Cup CONCACAF qualifiers actually happening right now as we speak. There's some major uh, games. But hey, Rodrigo, hope you're doing all right. You want to kick us off talking about the Honduras against Costa Rica third place match? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Um, welcome back, guys. So like Rudy mentioned, we're going to be talking about Honduras versus uh, Costa Rica and Mexico versus the U.S. CONCACAF Nations League third place and the final as well. So let me get started with the Honduras versus Costa Rica match. Um, Honduras took home third place at the CONCACAF Nations League on Sunday, but needed penalty kicks to do it uh, versus Costa Rica. 5-4 from the spot after the game finished at 2-2 in regulation. Um, it was Los Chicos who went ahead early through Joe Campbell, the Leon player, but Los Catrachos mounted a comeback with two goals in the second half as Edwin Rodriguez and former Dynamo player Albert Elise found the back of the net. And while the win in regulation looked likely, it was Francisco Calvo from Chicago Fire center back who scored in the 85th minute uh, for Costa Rica to force this match into penalties. From there, Honduras held on from the spot, the winning the third place match with a fine finish. Yeah, this match was really good, especially with, you know, players that we tend to mention often being... Francisco Calvo, that you're right, man. This guy's a center back, but finds ways to score all the time, whether it's a set piece of a corner, of a free kick. Uh, and Albert Delis, he's just a beast. He had like a great two matches. So it's really good to see. And like I had said last episode, and even before that, this Nations League is kind of turned out to be a good appetizer type of, you know, on whereas before the entree, which is a gold, a gold cup coming up but you know it's good to see uh honduras win the third place but you know this as much as it was such a good game there's nothing better than the u.s mexico matchup it was just one of those you know fun-filled matches that had everything right we had early goals we had uh you know comebacks we had a little bit of everything and you know before i give uh the guy from uh christian from cuatro cuatro dos every time i listen to his podcast he always references our Dynamo Theory um, little group chat. So I'm going to do something similar. So the guys from Dynamo Theory, Derek, Dustin, and Sag are big U.S. fans. And we were going back and forth throughout the game. You know, Mexico punched an early goal, and then it just was kind of like a back and forward. Again, it had a little bit of everything. But going back to what Christian or to give uh, Christian a shout out, he kind of posted this in the group and said, this is past the 80th minute of the US-Mexico. It's the things that happened is that US tied the game in the 82nd minute. There was a fight. The game was paused during a stoppage time due to a homophobic chant. A fan ran into the CVS set on live TV. VAR gave the US a penalty shot in extra time. Mexico's coach got a red card for touching the ref during the review. Pulisic gave the U.S. the lead on the ensuing penalty shot in extra time. A, USA, a USA bench player was injured during the celebration by a flying bottle. VAR gave Mexico a penalty shot 
in stoppage time of extra time. USS backup goalie stopped it. There was a pitch invader. I mean, this is literally after the 80th minute. And even before that, it was just fun. But anyways, the U.S. won. Pulisic has that, you know, I will say it's a pretty amazing picture. And uh, one of our listeners, Heido, sent it to me. And was like, hey, man, what do you think about this picture? And I was like, you know, it's one of those pictures that kind of makes you a little angry. But honestly, it just keeps, like, firing, you know, this rivalry kind of gives it why it's a rivalry and i sent it to rodrigo and rodrigo had a very different opinion but anyways rodrigo let's go ahead and i want to get your uh your thoughts on on this match and as well you know what did you see in mexico um you know what did you see that they were missing uh apart from guardado missing that penalty shot but I will say real quick, I felt like they don't have a true number nine currently, and that's kind of, it was very noticeable. But anyways, Rodrigo, go ahead, man. Yeah, this CONCACAF Nations League final was exciting. I mean, that's probably the best thing you would want to hope on a final. A couple of things from that. We've, we've seen both teams, or I guess the final four, uh, let's say, they've gave us great matches. You know, we had a Honduras versus U.S. who kept them, um, both teams kept going until the end. Obviously, U.S., had that last minute go to throw him into this final. And then Mexico, Costa Rica had a penalty shootout. Um, and then, you know, the third place final, as we mentioned earlier, went to another penalty shootout. So these teams are just going, you know, to show that they're both, or they're all four of these teams have been growing throughout the last couple of years. And they're all fighting basically in the same level now. And this brings us to the U.S.-Mexico final. As we had mentioned in our last podcast, U.S. is coming with a younger team. I believe their average age was 23 and a half or so, which is a really young team. Um, Mexico, of course, has young players, but they also have their, I guess, veterans pe- or players as well who hold this team together. As far as Mexico goes, man, like watching watching their lineup, I, I honestly think that that probably was the better lineup. Um, maybe... People, you know, were saying like, oh, you should start Diego Lainez. He's a good player. I don't think he's a starter yet. As you mentioned, we do. Mexico's lacking a number nine or somebody on top that can actually um, be more of a striker than having to rely on your wings as much. And then the U.S., uh, as we saw, they had a their, their defensive line. Is probably, I guess, their weakest point there. Um, lucky for them, they have a good midfield um, that kind of carries it for the for most of the team. Mexico came in strong, um, high pressure. Corona had that lucky interception and uh, put it in the back of the net. Um, but I think to starters, and I guess what we saw with the U.S. team, um, we talked about him before. Uh, Zach Steffen, Man City's backup goalkeeper. I honestly, after this match and how it started for him, not sure if he was maybe dealing already with a kind of injury that led to him being uh, subbed out or if it's just his confidence, but I don't see him as the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. Um, Obviously, everybody knows Ethan Horvath really stepped up um, coming in as a sub, but I think the main talking point for me is going to be their goalkeeper. Um, did not seem confident. Uh, he did have one save, but that's about it. Everything else, 
they were trying to play from the back, look really shaky. That at one point they just started to play long. Um, they didn't really have no creation from the backfield, and also that had to do with their um, center backs not being confident as well, getting giving away easy easy balls to Mexico. Um, but yeah, what's your perspective on how the game started? You know, I mean the the game started obviously you have a first minute goal out of an error from the back and the i think both teams were playing with similar um with similar formations uh all together and for me if you're looking just at the u.s you know it's a young team i feel i mean granted now that he won people may give him more credit but i i feel they need like a better coach they are just full of really 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 talented players obviously playing in top leagues top teams um in those leagues in europe and it just seems like they're just kind of running around doing their own thing not necessarily having a you know a playing uh or a playing style and i think what you know kept them going it was a, it was a rivalry match right it's the biggest is the giants of concacaf going against each other and we all know that any rivalry match always brings the best out of people And even throughout the whole game, Weston McKinney and Christian Pulisic were very quiet uh, for most of the game. Obviously, McKinney ended up tying the game towards the late, toward, or towards late, like tying the game later in the game. And uh, and then Pulisic obviously drew that PK that, if you ask me, it was not a PK. I feel like the defender got the ball first. Uh, but again, going back to the Dynamo Theory guys, they were mentioning how, oh yeah, he got the ball, but he still took the defender. And in my case, yeah, that's not never a foul. But it's okay because it was redeemed later on by a handball. That honestly, those are not handballs. His hand was down, it, the ball hit him in the hand. It's not like he threw his arm out. Mexico got a PK and they missed it. So this game was just one of those games that was just, was just a fun match um, to see and like. I would love to have been there to actually watch it live uh, because this type of matches don't happen as often as we like them to. And obviously coming out of pandemic, probably the best US-Mexico match in a long time too. Mexico definitely lacked the number nine. I feel obviously we all know that Raul Jimenez um, is hurt and who knows when he'll play and be himself again, even though he has been training with the team with the national team and even with uh, the Wolves uh, in Europe, well, in England. But, you know, Chucky Lozano is so talented, but he's always much better playing out of the wing. And it was just congested with the players they had. I, I think uh, Uriel Antuna probably did a lot this match, but at the same time, it was just like the final pass was just terrible from Antuna. Um, he would either miss the cross or just kind of be very late. But yeah, I mean, the team, you see Mexico and the U.S. period. Uh, the U.S. has a super young team. The Mexico still keeps a good balance. But you can see some players that maybe don't belong playing. And that's something that always kind of happens to Mexico. Likes of Guardado that maybe he's not, you know, in such great top level to be a part of the team and new players should come in. I feel like I said a lot, but again, this was just such a good match. It's such a thrilling match. There's, I really would love to see, I would see this every day. And Rodrigo, you know, I know us being from Mexico and being Mexican fans, uh, this definitely kind of hurt to lose to the US, 
but it's good being that we are like big followers of CONCACAF and obviously we live in the U.S. At least it's good to see that that spark. So, Rodrigo, what's up? Yeah, like you mentioned, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy that the U.S. won. Um, you know, this makes it better in the long run, I guess, for the matches. Um, the rivalry between Mexico and the U.S., it kind of keeps it alive. You don't want just a team dominating the other one as, a, as it has been in the past with Mexico. Um, I guess, yeah, and like, like you mentioned, Christian Pulisic, when he scored that penalty and the way he celebrated, honestly, at that point, um, I don't think that was the way to go about it. It's one thing to go be proud, and I think that's what caused, I guess, the issues later on. Um, his reaction to that goal, because it's not like he scored an amazing goal. It was, like you said, a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty. It would have been better to just end the game in a 2-2 draw, extra time, and then just go to straight up penalties and go from there. You know, if Mexico loses the penalties, that's fine. But the way to celebrate this is kind of like, dude, it's a penalty. You know, you're you're not winning the World Cup from it. You're winning a <laughs> CONCACAF Champions League. And that that's what drew, I think, a lot of the negativity. Um, I did see a lot of a lot of comments of people commenting on this game um, through their own uh, networks, but they were saying how the U.S. was playing a lot better. You know, this is what they expect. That Mexico play, um, they play pretty well. But I'm just thinking like Mexico was actually the better team in this game. Not until the late, I don't know, 10 minutes or so when they came back or to tie it. That's when the U.S. attacked a little bit more. And then when we saw the extra time, Mexico was just dominating. I mean, Ethan Horvat had a heck of a game because of those minutes. He, I don't know how many, I think he had four saves in the last, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes of the game. And it, it just kind of shows that like, Mexico is there. It, it gives a great chance to, for the U.S. to improve, but they still have to improve. Um, we're going to see, hopefully we see them again in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Um, maybe they, they both run into each other in the final or semifinal. I'm not sure, you know, um, where the quickest uh, match would be if they meet, but we, we will probably see this rematch again. Um, Mexico obviously is going to go everything all out, especially losing against um, losing this this game. But I still like like you said, Pulisic was shut down, supposed to be the best player for the U.S. And I'm not trying to be biased. I'm just trying to be, I guess, realistic of what I saw in the game. Um, and well, here, I'll tell you this. Before you keep going, and we don't want to get too biased. Enjoy it, U.S. It was fun. You know, you guys won it. But, you know, next time you celebrate like that, Pulisic, make it to a World Cup, my friend. Once you make it to a World Cup, then, man, all the festivities to start. So if we start rivalry, there you go. That's my ending on that. And we'll keep going. This this is fun. You know, we're riled up. It was just That's what the rivalry is, right? So let's go ahead and before our listeners get all angry and Rodrigo was like, oh, let me do one more. Okay, go. No, for the record, I mean, I'm not upset that the U.S. won. I'm, I'm happy that the U.S. won. Um, like I said, it just shows how this team is growing. And the more the U.S. succeeds, the more U.S. soccer is going to be um, viewed as a favorable thing to watch. After this match ended, if you jump on any social network, people were talking about the U.S. men's national team. And even people that don't even watch soccer, they're like, "What? what's this? You know, what, what did we win? Like, people wanted to look into this. Like, why is everybody so happy? And, and that's great. I mean, 
that just shows that in a couple of years, and if this sport does take off like we wanted to in the U.S., um, you know, like the NBA or the MLB, that everybody wants to be in that league. That's what's going to happen to the MLS. Maybe 10 years from now, when <laughs> Mbappe is about to retire, he might want to jump to the into the MLS. But by then, we probably already have you know good players growing up in the MLS system. And playing by then, um, you know, everybody just wants to be part of it. And I think this is just a great thing for the U.S. I hope they keep it up. I hope, you know, they, there's another match like this one, you know, exciting to watch. Keeps you on your feet through the whole 120 minutes um, or 127, really, because there were just so much at a time. Um, but just, you know, it just keeps on growing. Yeah. And uh, for the U.S., I believe it was just kind of weird. They play tomorrow against Costa Rica so that's one thing to watch for sure I'm sure they'll give rest to a bunch of players but who knows they may play uh, some of the main starters uh, what's funny uh, and again this time for real we're ending this conversation but uh... <laughs> Ned, just to follow up on that um, so yeah the US plays against Costa Rica tomorrow they're playing in Utah any uh, real Salt Lake City fans if you guys want to catch that game live it's going to be happening there and Mexico will be playing against Honduras in uh, on Sunday, and I believe this game is happening in Atlanta. So any Atlanta United fans that are out there, you know, you can go watch this team play as well. A couple of news on the Mexico team: I saw the um, center back, um, both center backs, uh, Carlos Salcedo and Montes, ended up being withdrew for the from the Mexico team. They got sent back home. Not sure why. I guess we'll find out later. But yeah, I was going to say about the U.S. I saw a little funny, fun fact, uh, former uh, Dynamo player, uh, Bobby Boswell. I mean, if you guys don't follow this guy on Twitter, he's freaking hilarious. But when you mentioned, you know, like uh, it was the U.S. was like uh, trending on Twitter and like everybody was talking about them, even people that don't follow them. And he 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 tweeted out saying, you know, this uh, basically is trending everywhere. So make sure that whatever people ask, like, hey, what happened with the U.S.? They say that we won the World Cup. They won't know any better. Just tell them we won the World Cup. But talking about the World Cup and perfect segue, uh, we have the 2022 FIFA World Cup qualifications. Goncaca first round happening right now as we speak and as we record. They are plenty of matches being played. They mean something. There's a few matches that are pretty much don't mean anything anymore. Uh, right now, uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. So uh, Haiti beat Nicaragua. So that means Haiti moves on to round number two. St. Kitts and Nevis, who already was uh, uh, through to the second phase, uh, lost to Trina and Tobago 2-0. Montserrat beat uh, Grenada 2-1. Even though they're right now top in the league, uh, the real, I guess, uh, first place will be, it's being played right now between El Salvador and Antigua. And El Salvador is winning in the 50th minute right now. You have Canada against Suriname, same thing. Canada, if they beat Suriname, they pass um, in the 50th minute. And then Panama as well, playing Dominican Republic, which they're also facing, or they're trying to see who's going to be the first place, and Panama's up 1-0. It, look, hey, it looks like Kurukao tied 0-0 against Guatemala, so if I'm 
not mistaken, Kurokawa passes on to the second phase. So there's plenty of action happening right now. And yeah, Rodrigo, what what have you seen? Or I mean, I know the, the sad part is a lot of these matches are hard to uh, actually watch um, because not all of them get played on on any streaming services uh, unless you pay some good money for like Paramount Plus. Um, but yeah, Rodrigo, what are your thoughts on this uh, first round? Maybe surprising, uh, I guess, what, what, some surprising teams that look like they didn't make it. Obviously, with Trinidad and Tobago, which is always uh, fighting for a World Cup spot in, in the last uh, few World, uh, World Cup qualifiers. But yeah, Rodrigo, what are your thoughts so far uh, of what looks like to be the ending of the first round? Yeah, it's actually, you know, like you said, kind of shocking to Trinidad and Tobago. They didn't make it. Um, St. Kitts and Nevis ended up showing up. Um, and we've mentioned this player before, but Roman Sawyers plays for uh, West Bromwich Albion, who just recently relegated. He's obviously part of the team. And I believe he scored against Gu Guyana um, last game. Um, but so far, uh, this match is something of what we expected. Um, We've seen this, and I mean, when I say we, uh, Rudy and myself, we've actually gone to a lot of Gold Cup matches and we've watched his teams live. Uh, they usually would do um, double headers. So, you know, you'll watch a, most of the time the same group, you watch the one, two teams face off, and then you kind of stay there for like the main course, which usually was like a Mexico, um, Costa Rica, US, kind of the bigger teams um, to play, but with, the, the the things we've seen um like haiti they've had actually a pretty good team in their last recent years and then Curaçao, if i'm not mistaken most of their team is composed of netherlands players and they play for um the netherlands uh league um the eidhoven and they've actually been really good you know i, I think when we watched them they, they had really good matches i know i think they played against mexico one time um, but it, it was one of those teams that you you don't know who they are, and this is you know this is what we like the Concacaf, um, or what we make this show that you, you don't really know who they are, but the style of play you know shows that they're they're they have some quality to it. Um, I think in the past we've also seen um, uh, which one was it? I want to say I think they got left out early, but Martinique. I think they're mostly French players and play for League uh, One or Two. And, you know, it's really good teams to watch um, play Panama. They've always kind of showed up in, in these qualifiers as well in the Gold Cup. Uh, Gold Cup but so far, I think most of the things we typically see is just kind of the, the stronger of the weaker teams kind of going through on the next round. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, again, uh, round one is finishing off today and it won't be very long. The teams are going to stay pretty much together because uh, the first leg of the second round is uh, uh, June 12th and the second leg is June 15th. So we'll know pretty quickly who's going to make it to the third round and see who will qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, yeah, 2022 World Cup. And again, St. Kitts and Nevis is... Uh, uh, it's waiting to see who the uh, winner of Group A is. Haiti is waiting to see who the Group B winner is. And Kurukao uh, is waiting to see uh, who the winner is from Group D. So plenty of action. 
super fun stuff going on right now. I can't wait for the third and final round to see who can make it, um, which obviously it's only three teams out of the one we're talking about right now will eventually make it to the third round. And it will be completed uh, with Mexico, the United States, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Honduras, who, who are already in that final group. But Rodrigo, uh, do you want to add anything else? I'm pretty much, I think we pretty much touched on every subject that we were planning to talk about. And if not, then I can close those out. But yeah, man, if you have any thoughts, go for it. Yeah, for those of you guys that um, just love watching soccer, or like Bree mentioned, it's kind of hard to watch this CONCACAF um, matches if you don't have, you know, some kind of special provider. Um, but you can all, if you do have those, you know, there's matches going around all over the world as we get it closer to the Euro Cup and then Kumaybol, um, which we don't talk obviously about, but um, MLS players that we know, Mexican League players, um, they're all, you know, playing in those in those matches as well that are going on right now. Uh, definitely, you know, get into watching more games. If you love the sport, if you just want to watch something that all this American sports are kind of at their end for the most part, um, basketball, NBA, uh, there's no football, so watch some real football, guys. Yeah, so with that being said, make sure you follow us on all our social medias, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as wherever you listen to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, let other people kind of know. And again, we've mentioned this a bunch of times and we're continuing to mention it. Make sure to reach out to us if there's a nation in CONCACAF that you belong to and you're like, hey, I love soccer and we don't get that much love here. You know, we would love to do, you know, go more in depth on whatever, more in depth on whoever your nation is. And whatever happens, keep crossing soccer borders. <laughs>